today on Laura Lynn and Friends. When these PCR tests were first developed, it was admitted, um, for example, by the Corman and Drost, and these are sort of an infamous pair that um, came up with a protocol that was recommended by the World Health Organization. They admitted in their publication where they put forward this protocol that they developed the test without having a sample of the alleged virus. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days. We are here, 2023, it's the first show of this year. And um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my New Year's resolutions. I don't know if you made any. Um, I'm missing my rings, holy smokes. Did you wanna go get those? No, okay. Yeah, um, so 2023, uh, I, I wrote them down. Um, I've forgotten how to have fun in the last two and a half years. Now, you wouldn't know that by all the great travels that I've had, but you know what? There's a part of me where, um, and I've talked to other people about it too, like there was this one fellow and he said, well, I put off, I put off buying, you know, a home because um, I thought, well, it's the end of time, like why bother? And then we're like, no, no, it's just the beginning of the end. <laughs> of the end of days so you still gotta invest do those things you know that you're supposed to do and by all means please do not leave just cash lying around in the bank so canadian dollar it's at one dollar 40 cents in order to buy one american you don't believe me call your bank check it out try to buy american money it's horrendous why is our Canadian dollar just falling and falling and falling? I don't see a lot of, do you see in the news anyone talk? Well, I don't even watch the news, so who am I to judge? Maybe they are all screaming about it and I wouldn't know because I try to watch or listen to any news very briefly just to see the take they're taking on something so that I know what the lie is. Um, so I'm going to try to have a little bit more fun in life. I'm going to try to like just really embrace peace because that's God's promise to us is that he will give us peace that passes understanding. That means peace in the middle of the storm when, you know, why should we be feeling peace? Because all hell, all holy hell is breaking out. It's not even holy hell. It's unholy hell is breaking out in Canada. And we've got a clip of our prime minister speaking shortly, but I wanted to, um, I wanted to read from my father's Bible. It's very special to me. Ever since he passed away, I love reading what he thought was important. And today I happen to turn to Proverbs 23, verse 10. Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. Well, I don't even know what that means, but I do. Remove not the old landmark. Well, let me read past into 11. For their Redeemer is mighty. He shall plead their cause with Interesting. It does say the, because my dad, of course, he read the um, King James Old Version, and uh, he liked to pray in Old King James as well sometimes, <laughs> which I always thought was so cute. Great Father, Thou art awesome. Um, I miss my dad, the way he prayed. Such reverence for God, you know. But remove not the old landmark. I think that means uh, don't take away the things that you knew, the things that were haven't we removed the old landmarks, the traditions, the standards uh, in our families these days? Okay, I'll go on to my second New Year's resolution because we've got a great guest today and I want to get to her as fast as we can. Um, oh, I wanted to let you know, I have heard early reviews about the new Whitney Houston movie and it's a bit of a disappointment. So just saying, I'm not going to go see it now in the theaters because of what I found out, sort of the slant that they had on a few things. 
Um, so for what it's worth, you know, it might be worth maybe one day uh, when it's free on TV or something. Um, I am only going to eat until I'm full. So that's my diet. That's my diet plan. Um, I found sitting around, I kind of like did gain like five or five or six um, ounces that I didn't want to have on. And so now I'm, I've decided that my weight loss program is I eat till I'm full. Because don't you think that we're all eating way past when we're full? I do. Like you're full, but your, your plate is still half there. So I'm taking less. So I'll add that to it as well. I'm taking less food. And you know, when you go to someone's house and they, they, they get the dessert always, always like half of what you're intending to give me, please. So that, and then I leave it. I leave a bite or two. I think it's polite. I think it's polite not to be gluttonous. I've looked at gluttony as a whole new thing. I mean, we think that we're, um, we were kind of raised, like I know in my family, same thing, my mom and dad, because we were in our early years, we were in Africa and there were actually poor children. There were actually, I'm just going to wipe my nose if that's okay. Um, there were kids who were, who didn't have, um, anything. So you don't want to be like leaving food on your plate is seen as, you know, disrespecting the fact that some people don't have food. Well, there's another side to that, isn't there? And that is the gluttonous side and where you're just eating, you know, you're taking huge plates and then you're full at a quarter of that. And then you're stuffing your body with all that food because, well, after all you took it and you don't want to waste. Well, okay, take smaller portions. And then as soon as you're full, stop eating. And I mean, stop. You can ask for a doggy bag at any, I never leave a restaurant without a doggy bag. I want you to know that because I want to eat the rest of it the next day for lunch. And I always eat my leftovers. Leftovers do not sit in my fridge because I'm not really making new food. <laughs> it's a problem. So I do like leftovers and uh, my husband likes fresh food. So we try to make that happen. We'll talk about that another day. Um, <laughs> heavy sigh over here. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to get regular exercise and walking is important. So I'd like to begin walking a walking regime again. Um, several years ago, I did a lot of walking. I enjoyed it. It was a time to, to think, to clear my mind, uh, to pray, to talk to God. And then I kind of got out of the thing of walking a lot this last couple of years. So I want to get back into that. Um, the other thing is I'm going to be open to those who have information on what the truth is and different information than me. One of the things I do like to do, especially when I talk to someone who's not awakened is they give me their information. Like let's say ivermectin and, um, they have information on ivermectin. Is, that, is there everything okay? Oh, you can hear always tilted a bit. Okay. So let's say somebody has information on ivermectin and it's different than my information. Uh, I like kind of reading it and then going, okay, uh, well, I see that this was, I, I might make some assessments. I see this was a very small study. It wasn't controlled or it was controlled, but it, it seemed to have a, a bias in it. This might be the bias. And then I'll give them my study. But I like listening. Can we all listen to each other? Do you know what set me off this year? When I found out the CIA 
is most probably involved with the murder of JFK. This is all coming out. Um, why are they not releasing all of the, everything that they know? Why is Biden not releasing everything they know about the CIA, FBI, everyone possibly who could be involved in the murder of JFK? All of the people involved are dead. Why now would we not be releasing something where the CIA could clear their name by saying, wow, something horrible happened. We had a bad CIA infiltrator and they planned and collaborated the murder of JFK, the president of the United States of America. All these years, conspiracy theorists, right, are, they're bullied, they're laughed at, they're mocked because they say everything doesn't add up and we think it was an inside job. And all of, you know, most people never want to believe that about the CIA. I certainly know my father. Um, he was American. My mother's Canadian. And my father did not, he did not want to believe bad things about the government. But towards the end of his life, uh, we had some very good conversations where he said a lot of things that he thought was secure, a lot of things he thought was possible and foundational were no longer that because of finding out the truth on certain things. So um, here's what I have to deal with in my life. Um, somebody talked to me about 9-11 a few years ago, and I don't know the truth about 9-11. I don't, I don't know the truth. I know there's some compelling evidence on a lot of fronts. I'm just here to say, I'll leave that to Alex Jones, okay, to, to put it out there. And you should watch and listen to, to things he's had to say about it. But Building 7 that fell at the same time and has never been fully explained, unless you have it, put it in the chats, JT. If anybody in the chat says they know what the reason for Building 7 falling is, let me know. But um, do you know... So I was out to, to lunch with really good friends of ours, really good friends who, you know, we share what we feel and, and they share what they feel. And we don't always align, but we have managed to maintain a very good friendship and always will because I love them so much. But um, like the, our friend didn't know about Building 7. Actually, it did look like one of them did. Um, and I won't, I won't say which. So, but our friend didn't know about Building 7 that fell on the same day as 9-11. No plane crashed into it, it imploded, right? Um, what is the answer to that? So years ago, here's my point on this, is that a young man that I knew tried to tell me about his thoughts on it and I was so mean. I practically yelled at him and I said, I am not going to entertain anything that says that the United States of America would be doing things that would harm Americans, that would harm the towers, that would hurt people. I'm not entertaining that. And that's ridiculous. And please don't talk to me about it again. I'm so embarrassed now. Now that we're finding out the CIA maybe, quite possibly and most likely, was involved in the killing of the President of the United States of America, and I was the one being rude to, to a, a younger person that sort of had 
maybe looked into it? Had I investigated? No. So what I've decided is I'm investigating. Oh, now that all of the information's coming out about these, um, about these um, UFO sightings, Tucker's talking about it, the military's revealing it, the government's uh, stating it's so. All the presidents knew about it. There have been thousands and thousands of sightings of UFOs and by military personnel way high up in the air. And if you th believe in UFOs, then you're some kind of crazy person. Well, well, what are those? And they appear to have some intelligence. What is that? Is it demonic? Are they demons? I can, I can accept that. Did God actually create other universes? I don't know. My dad was a science fiction writer and he wrote a series of science fiction books from the perspective of biblical accuracy, meaning that even though it was science fiction and it was about possible other creations, my dad never, it did not conflict with the word of God because nowhere in the Bible does it say that God did not create. So he looked at earth as sort of the, the, the 99 sheep that were perfect and the one that was fallen, the earth was fallen and needed redemption. The earth ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and fell. In any case, I guess what I'm saying, I'm opening my mind to the fact that we've been lied to, that we've been lied to about an awful lot, that we have been um, hoodwinked by our government, by our authorities, by our medical people, and that we can't believe a single thing they put out we actually have to fact check everything. And the once in a blue moon, they seem to tell the truth. That's basically just to cover their butts or um, it has really no meaning or, or no ramifications to any of us anyways. It appears that the lies are huge. And CNN, have you seen the ratings of CNN? Aren't they going to go bankrupt or something like that? Like they're, they're on the verge, right? They're, they're just so pathetic that nobody even believes them anymore. We've lost our faith. The great awakening I believe that's coming is the realization that we can't trust anybody out there. We can only trust the word of God and Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to us every day. And I'm grateful that I try to hear the Holy Spirit. I can tell you as somebody that, that likes to hear the voice of God, that I'm grateful I've been obedient in certain areas. When the Lord spoke to us very clearly last year to sell our assets in Canada and to remove our funds from Canada, we did that. A am I sad about that? A little bit. I can't own a home here now because I don't have any money here, right? And, and I started investing in real estate when I was like 20, 22 years of age. That's how, and a tiny, like with $3,000 down payment, that's what got me into a, a condo. <laughs> and I borrowed I borrowed that $3,000 from my parents. My, my, my son now is like, you know, you guys have all ruined it for us. We can't do anything like as kids, we can't get, you know, can't buy a house, you know, as a young person anymore. Well, I happened to be on that thing where we could. So we got into that first condo and then we doubled that condo. It was like $56,000 or something. Um, and so we doubled that. So we made, you know, we made whatever was on top of that. Um, and then we bought again and again, and sometimes I lost even in the sale, but mostly gained through real estate. So I'm blessed by that. But when the Lord spoke to me to do the hard thing 
And for JT and I to give up the condo that we loved, you'll remember some of my first shows as, you know, as I branched out into doing this show every single day was from that condo, the beautiful big, you know, river behind me and uh, all the boats that would go by as the show was on. Oh, that was just epic. We loved that. That was beautiful British Columbia at its finest. But the Lord spoke clearly that you need to go. And we did. We were obedient. Have I always heard the voice of God? Clearly no. So just ask my husband. But I try to hear him. When I make a mistake, I own it very quickly and then get back on track. Because God is such a gracious God that when we, when we don't hear him quite right, you know, he, he helps us. Um, so the final thing I want to say about that before I get to our guest today, a couple of clips and then our guest, um, is the question that my friends had when we kind of had a disagreement, I, you know, and I put some things out there, like there's lots of questions. People are questioning, um, if the earth is round or not. I, I think it's round. I don't know, you know, a globe. Um, I've always been taught that I don't know the truth, but I love listening to a flat earther. I mean, don't just discount them. Just listen. Well, why do you think it's flat? Well, what about this? What about that? You know, and, and then I've asked some, some science kind of people, you know, as to why, what is the evidence? I just want evidence, right? So I think it's kind of funny that the flat earthers are, oh yeah, like it's flat. Okay. Well, heck maybe it is. I don't know. And and actually I don't care because it has no bearing on my life. So I've come to the conclusion that I'm not really going to fight over it. I'm not going to be mean to people, um, over that. The other thing about the moon landing. Oh, a lot of people questioning whether we ever landed on the moon. Well, I have no idea. Um, I, I will, I will look at evidence. Well, what, why do you think we never did land on the moon? What makes you think that? What compelling evidence do you have to show me? And then I might say, oh, well, see, that doesn't really register with me. I think we did. And then we're good. And I'm going to be open to hearing what the truth is because the facts as I see it right now, the fact is we've been lied to about a lot. We've been told misinformation about a lot. So I'm not going to lose my salvation or my kindness to somebody over, you know, salvation's a bit heavy, but I, I'm not going to be rude to people who have, who have questions about things. I'm, I'm going to be fair and I'm going to examine the lies because we cannot afford to be deceived. And the word of God says, without knowledge, people perish without knowledge, they die. And apparently we're seeing a lot of deaths. So I would first like to JT go to Trudeau. Could we cue that up? And uh, our prime minister had a few words, a little discourse with, was it a, a reporter, right? Right. Okay. They talked. I suspect he won't really be listening to me, but I, I'm, I'm willing to try. Sir, why don't you come on over? Come on over. Sorry. So what's your name? You have a first name? I do. What's your first name? My name's Attila. Hello, Attila. I'm Justin. So what is your biggest concern right now? So my biggest concern is all the restrictions that we have at the borders, Uh the hassles that people have. I was detained coming back from Chicago. Okay. And I was made to show uh, August. August. Okay. So the restrictions were still in place at that point. Correct. Are they all gone now? Uh, Most of them are absolutely gone. Yes. And they're going to be gone for good. 
Well, that depends on COVID, doesn't it? Yeah. Right? If, so, if the situation comes back, we're going to have to be responding. Every step of the way, we've listened to doctors, we've listened to public health experts to do what we can to keep Canadians safe. So why are Canadians being uh, doctors, people like, um, let's say, uh, Stephen Malthouse, uh, people like uh, Robert uh, Malone. Okay. Why are they being so uh, restricted and shunned? I don't know those doctors you're talking to. What we, what we focus on is public health experts, uh, uh, pandemic, uh, pandemic researchers, uh, the kinds of people who've actually gave us the recommendations that led Canada to having a far less damaging and deadly pandemic than many places around the world, even as we saw our economy come back stronger. Uh, every step of the way, we'll listen to science and doctors, and that's, that's what so we're here to get to it. So what happened in, in Ottawa with the truckers was a, a good thing? No, it wasn't. It was a very difficult time for citizens of Ottawa because it was also a difficult time for a lot of people who were worried about their futures across the country. I, I was there. Uh -huh. It was one of the most peaceful right. places I've there's ever been to. Well, you know what? There's there's an open investigation. There's a there's a there's a a, a uh, level of transparency going on with the commission uh, that will put out a report on uh, whether you're right or me. Anyway, thank you, sir. An open investigation, a level of, uh, of um, you know, openness that they're looking at. Yeah, right, right. To think that that incredible um, thing that happened, Convoy 2022, was not an act of God. It was beautiful. He was exactly right. He mentioned Stephen Malthouse, of course. We've had him on the show um, he mentioned Robert Malone, and, and uh, Trudeau has no idea who these people are. He probably has no idea who Dr. Mackis is, who Dr. Paul Alexander is, who Dr. Robert McCullough is, all people that we've had on our show. He probably has no idea about the real doctors. And somebody said, I don't like when you say real doctors. No, I'm not saying that the others aren't real doctors by, you know, that they've got their, their doc, doctor's uh, education and all of that. I'm just saying that real doctors who are also educated, who also are in the phrase of this, have absolutely had a problem with the lockdowns. They've said they didn't work. You've destroyed businesses. I don't know if you're driving around Canada, but there are many businesses that have been absolutely destroyed. How is that helpful? Our economy? Yeah. Our, our dollar is a dollar 40 to one US dollar right? You've destroyed our nation. You've destroyed our economy. You've destroyed people's lives. They have committed suicide. We've got people on drugs at epic proportions, right? Addictions, suicidal, um, you know, numbers going up, divorces, all kinds of things happen. Kids in the stupid masks when they don't even get COVID. You bunch of idiots. And now, you know, he, he's all, oh yeah, well, we don't know if the, well, it depends on COVID, doesn't it? COVID? We've all had COVID. We're fine. How about don't invest in, um, you know, oh, tr trying to gain a, gain a function research and stuff like that in any labs? What happened in, in the Winnipeg lab that we've never had clarity on? How about that? So very annoying. All right. So Something very tragic happened over the last couple of days. We have that uh, clip of the football player who um, he basically had a cardiac arrest on the. So this is what happened. Number three, mm. and then he just falls yeah, down. Uh, so he gets hit. Not what any of us want to see. He's and hit up here. Him and 
Just hope that he's going to be okay. And um, then he's kind of like, you know, then he just. Uh, so we'll take another break here in Cincinnati. Okay. So a lot of people, um, I think JT, if you want to put your microphone on, you were explaining this, that because JT watched this really well while I was doing the heavy lifting moving. Um, uh, just kidding. Um, if you just watch where he gets hit. Yeah. He he's gets hit, hit there. Up. I can't hear he's, you. He's hit in the upper chest. Like he's not hit he's not lower hit. down in the heart area. I'm not hearing you in my ear at all. Um, okay, so he's not hit in the heart area. So what happened was, you know, people started saying, oh, it's the vaccines. And then people were saying, it's not the vaccines. You know, this can happen because you do get hit, right? So see, do you have another graphic? You can see the other player's helmet on just over his shoulder. See yep. there? He's really hitting more in his shoulder, not his helmet. Okay, if you really look carefully and you slow it right down frame by frame, yeah, it does appear that he's to, it's hit. It's hard to do on this, but I'll stop it. You can see, uh, yeah. you see how high up he is? He's yeah. Oh, see? yeah, it's almost in his neck. He's like not, a, not, It's like a He's not spearing him down his... directly with the helmet, directly into the chest. And right. This next graphic will explain okay. this, but uh, he'll get up and he'll not have right. this episode. Want to see it, and okay. everybody's around him and... There he goes now. He'll go down. All right. So, so we'll take another break here in Cincinnati. So okay. So then you have a graphic to yeah, show. Yeah. So every, okay. every internet doctor jumped on the internet. Every internet ju doctor jumps on the and internet. Because people started questioning could it be vaccine related? Could it be vaccine related? And here's what they came people up with. They said it was no, it's, it's most likely comiocordis. Comiocordis is what doctors were saying. He probably was not. And this is the diagram for it. Okay. Yeah. He was probably uh, just hit very hard, right? In the chest. That's is what the internet doctors The internet doctors don't were want saying. You to talk about the they don't want you to talk about the vaccine. Yeah. So they want to say. I don't know if we should be on YouTube for this. He was uh, hit very, very hard here. So, okay. Fair enough, right? But this diagram is of a young boy who is not. This has diagram. The bone density of an right. adult man. Yes. So there. Are you guys hearing JT on the thing? Because I usually can hear you in my ear, JT, and that's why I'm thinking that I have to repeat yeah. what you're saying because I'm not certain that we're hearing you. Yeah. Anyway, you take it from here. Okay. So so then what happened um, is, so th they said this happens. You get hit in the heart. A, a baseball can hit you very hard in the heart. And so may, perhaps this is what happened to this gentleman. So fair enough. And... Uh, Haytham Ahmed, MD, so this is a medical doctor, said, we just learned Hamlin was resuscitated twice, once on the field with ROSC and again in the hospital. As a cardiologist, this makes commodio cordis less likely. If the impact caused a, an arrhythmia and rhythm was restored, he wouldn't arrest again an hour later. Full evil evaluation needed so a doctor who is uh, a cardiologist is saying if indeed he had been resuscitated he wouldn't need that an hour later but that's not that would not be a normal thing to happen okay fair enough so now we have uh, I'd like um, yeah to show you a clip from Tucker Carlson on this issue take so as we've said multiple times, and it's worth saying because it's a sign of respect for the man tonight in the hospital, we don't know exactly why DeMar Hamlin collapsed last night. But at the same time, there are concerns about cases like this. 
young athletes collapsing on the field of heart problems. And there has been a dramatic increase in this. You're not imagining it. So what is this? Cardiologist Peter McCullough and researcher Pangus Polycritus looked into this trend in Europe, European sports leagues. They found that prior to COVID and the COVID-19 vaccines, there were roughly 29 cardiac arrests in those European sports leagues per year. Since the vax campaign began, there have been more than 1,500 total cardiac arrests in those leagues, and two-thirds of those were fatal. Does that prove something? We don't know, but you should know that. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist. He's also the author of Courage to Face COVID-19. He joins us tonight to assess. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on. So this is one of those phenomena that people who use social media are aware of because there are videos of it floating around, but I don't know when the last time I heard, if ever, an American public health authority address this directly and tell people, what is this? Is this real? Tell us your findings from your actual study on this. The concern here is that athletes at a professional level, Tucker, are carefully screened for underlying heart disease. The leading cause of sudden death on the playing field is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. The athletes are screened for this. Uh, there are rare conditions, genetic abnormalities in heart rhythm uh, that can present. Uh, but sudden cardiac death should be a very unusual phenomenon. And as your report indicates, it's extremely unusual in the NFL since the high level of scrutiny. There's a differential diagnosis that doctors go through when this happens. I watched it live, and then I watched the replay as a cardiologist. To me, it looked like he made a hard tackle. There was head and neck uh, impact. But he got up, he clapped his hands, and then he fell over backwards. It looked like a primary cardiac arrest. Everything that was done on the field looked perfect. I think the duration of CPR resuscitation is going to be in a window where he can have neurologic recovery. Uh, the issue is what caused it. And the concern based on our research is that COVID-19 can cause myocarditis or heart damage. The heart damage in some cases can be asymptomatic and the initial presentation can be a cardiac arrest. There's other things in the differential, genetic abnormalities of heart rhythm disturbance, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, uh, a, a spinal cord type of interaction with the heart. But I think the leading concern here is vaccine-induced myocarditis, if indeed he's taken the vaccine. And boy, the family, the Bills doctors, and the current doctors at University of Cincinnati Medical Center have a public health obligation to tell us if he's taken the vaccine. I think that I think that's that's fair um, in the coming days. Now, the CDC, it seems to me, since the absolute numbers of heart incidents among young people are dramatically up across the West and the CDC, as far as I know, has not been honest enough to address this. They sent out a tweet the other day saying, you know, you may be struggling with blood clots if you're a young athlete. I don't remember athletes struggling with young blood clots. It seems to me like they're trying to tell us this is normal. Is it normal for young athletes to have life threatening blood clots? We should never have our agencies try to normalize side effects. The FDA says the vaccines cause myocarditis and heart damage. Autopsy studies show it can be and is fatal. The same is true for blood clots and neurologic damage. Our agencies should be protecting the health of Americans and safety yeah. is job one. I'm disappointed that they're minimizing it. I think it's just so appropriate that science is about questioning, right? You're, you're always asking the questions so that you can come to an understanding. Now, I want to let everybody know that we are on Rumble. 
So if you've never followed us on Rumble, rumble.com, please make sure at any time we could be stepping over a line on our platforms of simply asking questions that are, that are good, that are deserving of answers. And that might not be okay with a couple of the platforms we're on right now. And the link is in the chat and for the link Rumble, is in the or chat. sorry, for YouTube and Facebook, there's a link to the show. For YouTube and Facebook, there's a link to the show in the description of where you're watching Actually, right now. In the chat. But if you go to rumble.com, and we're putting it in the chat, if you go to rumble.com, you can just, you know, search Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson, you will come up with our page, and you'll see it there. One last thing before I go to our guest today, um, uh, Canada, the government of Canada is looking for uh, PSYOP officers. So if you would like to be a PSYOP officer, this might be an opportunity for you. Um, this, what's that? Oh, you've got to be in the military. Okay, so don't just think anybody can do this. Um, I was just going to read that, JT. Uh, so the center of gravity for this course is the operational planning process uh, since most of the candidates arrive with a lack of understanding of the OPP, there is an introduction to the various stages followed by detailed lessons on the various stages. And finally, the PSYOPs inputs required at each stage of the OPP. Do you understand what that means, JT? You are a very learned and uh, well-read person. Um, so finally, the PSYOPs inputs required at each stage of the OPP. The students then have the chance to apply their PSYOPs training to the OPP during syndicate exercise the same way they would in an operational headquarters um, aim. This course is designed to produce psychological operations officers capable of performing the duties of a PSYOPs officer in both a tactical and operational HQ. It provides students with the necessary skills to act as an advisor to all levels of command, to plan and produce PSYOPs staff products, and to conduct and supervise psychological operations. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. So look that up. We're going to have, the, well, we have that in our, um, in the, uh, the Flipboard today. Let's put it in the Flipboard. So, um, yeah. It's in, it's in the Flipboard. Everything that we ever talk about, all the clips that we show, everything that we do is always in the, the Flipboard. So um, somebody might not want to sit through my entire rant, but you might be able to send to a friend, well, listen, this is what a cardiologist is saying about what happened. This is about what certain people are saying. So in any case, um, should we let, uh, yeah, what do you think? Okay. We're going to just make a decision right now to um, say goodbye to our YouTube watchers. We encourage you right now to go to um, rumble.com and search Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson or just go into the description underneath the video that you're watching. Press on it so that we can go to our next guest because some of the things we're going to be talking about is a lot of questioning um, and it's valid scientific questioning of what's really, really happening. All right. Thank you. And we love you, YouTube. See you soon. Okay. So my next guest is, um, her name is Christine Massey and, uh, she's a former biostatis biostatistician in the Toronto area, now collecting freedom of information responses about viruses. So let's invite her on Christine. Thank you very much for waiting. 
through all of that. We sure appreciate you being here today. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, some of your research, why you do it, um, what, what you're looking for, and how your education and expertise aids you in doing that? Can't hear her. Oh, are you muted, Christine, maybe, on your side? Apologies. Eh, sorry that's about okay. That. <laughs> that's okay, um, Christine. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. So, yeah, in terms of um, expertise, um, I just want to make clear that what we're going to talk about is something that anybody can understand. So no particular expertise is required. Um, I do have a master's degree in biostatistics from the Dalalana School of Public Health in Toronto, in University of Toronto, but um, it's actually quite irrelevant to what we're going to talk about. Um, it, what we're talking about is just based on simple logic and the, anyone who understands scientific method will understand what I'm talking about. So, okay. yeah. So, okay. So, so, um, let me just ask you going through, uh, so as a biostatistician, what would that help you to do? Uh, does it, um, what, um, you're looking at numbers, I guess, or would you call yourself a right. numbers person? I was a numbers person. That was over a decade ago. I quit, quit doing that. I got tired of it and I, it almost seems like it a different lifetime now. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Um, it's to some people it's not, but it's not something I ever want to do again. Um, but I, yeah, well, I mean, to be a statistician, I mean, you definitely have to think logically and, um, analytically and you have to pay close attention to details. So, um, having that sort of background would, would be an aid to what I've been doing. But like I said, it's, it's definitely not, it's not required. Anybody, uh, can certainly understand this topic. Right. So what did what you notice? Mm -hmm. Right. What did you notice and what did you want to start to investigate? So, well, actually, if you back in, I believe it was mm, in 2020, possibly 2021, you had a guest on Dr. Andrew Kaufman, and he was actually talking to you about this topic already. Um, he was explaining that um, when COVID-19 started, um, he was looking at the literature where they allegedly had discovered the alleged virus, and he was shocked to discover that they hadn't actually demonstrated that there was a virus and that the methods that are used in these papers are actually quite ridiculous and unscientific. So um, it was actually Dr. Dr. Andrew Kaufman who I learned about this from initially as well. This was back in, I guess, probably around April or May of 2020. I, uh, fortunately, someone sent me his first couple of presentations on COVID-19. And I watched them and he was, he just, he's one of the, the masters at explaining things in a very, very simple way so that anybody can understand. He was explaining um, in these papers that they published um, where they were claiming to have isolated the alleged and to have sequenced the alleged virus. What they were actually doing was quite the opposite of isolating anything. They actually go in the complete opposite direction. They mix up complex substances to make an even more complex substance and they don't ever get around to doing any science whatsoever and they don't demonstrate that there's any virus. So I, I saw his presentation and I 
like a lot of other people, I understood what he was saying. And so he, he cited the exact studies that he was talking about. And these are the earliest studies out of China. Anybody can look up these studies and find them on the internet easily. And uh, what you need to do is go to the methods section and see what they actually did. And sure enough, what Dr. Andrew Coffin was saying was right there in the paper. And uh, I saw that what he was saying was correct. So um, I started looking at various studies, uh, usually on the alleged COVID-19 virus and looked at quite a lot of them. And again and again, was seeing the same thing over and over again, that the methodologies that they were using are not scientific and not even capable of showing that there was a virus, even if there was one. So then what I did, um, I had experience already doing freedom of information requests on various topics. And in the past I had shown, um, I had used freedom of information to show that various institutions that promote water fluoridation actually didn't have any studies to show that fluoride exposure is safe during pregnancy, even though they tell us that it's safe for everyone. And that had been an effective way to help convey to people that, um, what we're being told is safe and effective is perhaps not so safe and effective. And you're, and you're talking about it, fluoride in the water? Yes, that's the practice in some municipalities. Yeah. Um, I think it's around somewhere between 30 and 40 per, thirty and forty percent in Canada, much higher in the U.S. Um, some municipalities add a chemical to public drinking water for the purpose, the, the stated purpose of uh, reducing cavities. And uh, yeah, I could talk about that, but that's a whole other topic, but sure. um, there's okay. a lot that can be said there. But um, so I thought, well, when I learned about this topic, this issue with the virus isolation, I said, okay, well, I see what Dr. Andrew Kaufman's saying. It, it seems to be correct. And I just wanted to be uh, really certain, you know, because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know if you perhaps overlooked a paper somehow and that there was some missing piece that we hadn't come across. So. I thought, well, I'll do a freedom of information request to Health Canada. And so I did that and I asked them um, for any record, not just one that had been written by someone at Health Canada, but any record that they had in their possession or custody or control, could be a paper that they downloaded from the internet, um, any record written by anyone in the world that describes having found the alleged virus in any sick person and having purified it. And the reason um, asked about purification is because if virology was a science and you wanted to go about doing things in a scientific manner, that would be the first thing that you would need to do. You'd need to find this particle because you, you have this idea that perhaps there's a tiny particle in people and that's what's causing them to be sick. If you wanna test that out, you would need to find a particle and and then purify it because if you simply have um, a sample of someone's snot or lung fluid, um, you can't do science with that. You can't draw conclusions about a specific tiny particle. You need to have just the particle and study that. So um, I asked Health Canada and they eventually got back to me with their response and they weren't able to provide me or cite for me any record of anyone on earth having found this alleged virus in any man or woman and having purified it. 
So that told me that Health Canada has no COVID-19 science whatsoever, because if you don't have that initial step in place, if you don't have any record of anyone having done that, you don't have any way to show that this alleged virus even exists. And, and do you have the, the letter that they wrote back to you or, or is it an email? Uh, it was a letter. I, it was on their letterhead and all of the these freedom of information responses that we're going to be talking about, they're all publicly available on my website. Okay. Um, and what's your so, website? We are highlighting that, I guess. I'll give you the, my website is fluoridefreepeel.ca. And the reason they're on my fluoride website is just because when I started this project, with the COVID-19 freedom of information responses, I didn't realize it was going to turn into um, such a great big project and I just needed a way to put them online for to share them with people. Okay. So people go to fluoridefreepeel.ca. Um, they can find in the, what the menu. What does peel? How do you spell page. peel? Peel, it's P-E-E-L. And that's just because I was in the region of peel at the time when that website got started. Okay. So, um, yeah, Flor and fluoride is spelled F-L-U-O, not O-U, because people often confuse F -L the, the letters. -O. F -L -U -O, yeah, oh, R -I -D -E. that's complex. Okay. <laughs> you probably got it right. But... And yeah, so fluoridefreepeel.ca. That's okay. my website. And, All right. and I so have some the tiny... things you're talking about here today, uh, people could go and examine in deeper uh, Absolutely. Or, and I, I want people to, I encourage people to, I encourage people to share these documents, share them on other websites. Um, please, please do. So, and what we want, what myself and my colleagues in the, you know, sometimes we refer to it as the no virus movement is um, we want people to look at these studies. We want people to look into this for themselves. Don't just take my word for it. Um, just please look into it yourself because that's at the end of the day, that's the only way we ever know for sure. You know, a lot of people get stuck in this, um, you know, they're listening to Dr. Kaufman or some of the other um, doctors or scientists who are talking about this issue. And they say, well, that they seem to know what they're talking about. It seems to make sense. And then they listen to someone else, uh, you know, another expert in the in the freedom movement and they're saying no no we're wrong that <laughs> the virus exists it has been grown it has well, been sequenced and they get the stuck case. in this uh not knowing what to believe so yes. yeah so this is why just look at it for yourself um anybody who understands scientific method can understand the basics some of the papers are quite technical and it can be intimidating and that's where it's good to, um, I have a lot of resources on my website where people can learn about basic terminology and whatnot um, to make it less intimidating for people who don't have a background. Yes, because when I started is... looking at these papers, I don't have the background either to, right. you know, I and didn't you know that a zero it. cell is a... Part of yes. the problem is a lot of people don't have like all of this time to, to do that. So they're trying to rely on certain, you know, people. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you straight up that... Um, in, in this movement, I've had doctors that uh, when I've said, well, you know, people say that it hasn't been isolated. And I always say, I don't know if it's been isolated or not, because what do I know about isolation? That is not my field of expertise. And uh, I've had uh, the freedom movement doctors, very smart doctors say that's absolutely gobbledy goop. Of course, there's a virus. Of course, it's been isolated. And uh, I, I've had them say that. Now, that's all they've said. So I don't know how to prove what they're saying. Uh, next to what you're saying. So I do think this is where the investigation 
and also like a, a couple of questions that might be coming to certain people's minds is well um you know with the pcr test we know that they had a high that you know they can't be relied on and they're they're full of uh, ridiculousness too but a lot of them would say that you know you have covid uh, now, maybe it's just a little tiny bit of COVID and you have no symptoms or you're really sick and you're doing the PCR test and you get that all kinds of scenarios have happened. Um, but what are they then detecting? Is that is that not what you're talking about? Well, so the PCR, well, I'm glad you asked this because it's really important. So a PCR test, what it's doing is making copies of a little tiny um, sequence, a little genetic sequence. And if they make, if it makes enough copies, um, they it puts out a fluorescent signal, and they take this as evidence of the virus. So their whole their logic with a PCR test is that this little sequence is a marker for the alleged virus. And if you find the sequence, that means you have the virus and you have COVID nineteen, which is ridiculous. So, because it's not, um, it doesn't tell you anything about whether or not you're sick, but what people need to understand is too, it, it can't even tell you, even if someone had shown that a virus does exist and that has not ever happened, but even if it had, the best case scenario, even if the PCR test is done in the most careful way possible, um, all it can do is give you some evidence, indirect evidence that this tiny little sequence is there. Now, we're told that the genome of the alleged virus is 30,000 units long, 30,000. And yet when they're doing a PCR test, they're not, they're not looking for the entire genome. They're looking for these tiny little segments of the alleged genome. So it might be something more like 18 or 22 um, units long. So um, at the best case scenario you could say is that you have some indirect evidence that that sequence is there. Now, even if, like I said, if even if there had been a virus proven to exist and you did know the genome and you did know that that sequence was part of the genome, you wouldn't, you couldn't say that you have an intact virus there. Maybe they had the virus some time ago. Maybe it's just a little fragment of the genome. It can't tell you anything about an, an intact um an intact virus, you're not even detecting the entire alleged genome. Right. But it becomes, um, so that's right. really important for people to understand. Also yeah, with PCR, sense. there was a group of 20, uh, 22 actually, um, scientists who published a paper together and they pointed out 10 major flaws with the PCR test. 10 major flaws, a lot of them are they're technical, they're over my head, I don't understand them myself. But this was without even addressing the fact that the alleged virus hadn't even been shown to exist. They did point out that, um, and a lot of people realized that when these PCR tests were first developed, it was admitted, um, for example, by Corman and Drost, and these are sort of an infamous pair that um, came up with a protocol that was recommended by the World Health Organization. They admitted in their publication where they put forward this port protocol that they developed the test without having a sample of the alleged virus. They started their work on developing this test based on social media rumors <laughs> that there wasn't a new virus. They decided somehow that, oh, it, it sounds like it might be another SARS virus. And so they started um, developing a test based on that assumption. And then eventually 
um, a sequence, a so-called genome, was released from China. This is just strictly a, a computer genome. It's, it's what we call an in silico genome, meaning it only exists in computer chips and in people's imaginations. So, um, and that, so that was how they, they continued their work was based off of this um, computer, computer genome that has never been shown to actually correspond to anything in the physical realm, not a natural virus, not a man-made virus. Um, it just hasn't been shown to exist, period, anywhere. Okay, so, so Christine, my follow-up question then to that is, is, is what you're presenting um, a possibility that it's a complete PSYOP operation? Um, and I'm, I'm not going to say that I believe that or don't believe that. I'm going to say is, is what you're saying is that there's this possibility that everything, um, like Wuhan, it's, it's not a, like nothing escaped from Wuhan? Yes. Well, what I'm saying is nobody has ever shown that there's a virus, period. Not, not from Wuhan, not from anywhere else. Um, because right. they simply haven't done the work that would need to be done to show that there is a virus. So going back to what I was saying earlier, if virology was actually a science and virologists uh, had a little common sense, they would try to find the particles that they think might be a virus in the bodily fluid of people. And they would purify it. So you would need to separate all the other stuff because when you take a sample, a clinical sample from someone, obviously you're going to have cells from the human, you're going to have bacteria and fungi and things that they breathe in. There could be any, all kinds of stuff, right? You need to focus in on the thing that you think might be a virus, purify it. So that's what the word isolation or purification, they both mean the same thing. Take away everything else and just get it by itself. And um, so nobody has ever done that. You would need to do that because they say that they sequence the virus and they have literally millions of versions of the alleged virus online in um, government databases, but nobody has ever extracted the genetic material from the specific particle that they think might be a virus and sequenced that. It's never actually happened. What they do in virology is they'll take all of the genetic material from a clinical sample, like you said, that would have cells from the human, bacteria, fungi, who knows what. Um, they take all of that RNA and then they do some hocus pocus on a computer. They decide which, they already know which sequences you know, are from the virus. And they, like in the first paper out of China, the paper by Fan Wu, they detected 56 and a half million sequences. They were working with some, I believe it was lung fluid, if I remember correctly, 56 and a half million different sequences. And they decide they know which ones are and are not from a virus. And they have, uh, they use computer software and they, they assemble, they never detect, they never actually find an intact genome they take these shorter pieces, millions and millions of them, and they have a computer construct them, put it together in different ways. They came up with different versions. And in the end, they just picked one and they went with the longest one. And they said, we'll call that the genome. It's literally, they just make things up in virology. And, and I, I mean, I know it sounds outrageous and 
you know, a lot of people are probably saying, well, how could this be going on for all these years? But a lot of it just comes down to the fact that most people, the thing about doctors, how busy a doctor is. These are very busy people and nurses are very busy. They're not going around looking at the literature to see, oh, you know, I'm going to double check and make sure there really is a virus every time they're told about another virus. They're not looking at these papers. And a lot of people, you know, I think what happens with people who work in the field is um, even if they start having doubts and they start saying to themselves, this doesn't make sense. Like, what are we doing here? And I don't know how they couldn't. I don't know how any logical grown man or woman could not be saying to themselves, this, this does not make sense. But what happens when, you know, you start to, if you start to question, express doubts or say, you know, this is ridiculous, you're likely going to lose your job pretty quickly. Like things are not going to go well for you in your career. And this has happened over and over again with people who say, for example, doctors who speak out about um, vaccines, you know, even prior to COVID, or now they even question the COVID narrative in any way they're, they're now they're being told, well, we're going to, we're going to investigate you. You might lose your license, et cetera. And this has been going on for years and years. You know, it happened to Dr. Hardy Lineback with the water fluoridation study. He was the head of preventative dentistry at University of Toronto. And when he started saying, you know what, I'm realizing now we made a mistake. We shouldn't be doing water fluoridation. You know, there's evidence that we're really hurting people with this. Things went really badly for him and he had to end his career prematurely. And, and who, you who know, do you so think this is the kind that? of thing if, that happens. If I could press on that a little bit, like who, who would be behind making it go bad? Is it the, is it the fluoride company? Is it, is it big pharma fluoride? Um, well, in the background, it, there would, yeah, there would be a lot of different players, but I would think even just within a lab, like, for example, if you're, if you're working in someone's lab and they're, these are the, these are the procedures they're doing, these are their methodologies. And you start saying to your boss, you know, I, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like they're not right. going to like it very much. Like they shouldn't be doing it in the first place if, if they, um, if it doesn't make sense to them. But, you know, a lot of people these days, first of all, we're not exactly, children aren't, people aren't being brought up or encouraged to, to think critically. We're, we're trained the, to trust authorities, to trust doctors, to trust the government. And, and, you know, we've been like, from the moment you're a little child in school, you're being given books about doctors and policemen. And, you know, these are the people we're supposed to look up to and put them on and a our pedestal. Teachers. And I used to too. Our teachers at school. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So a lot of people, and it, it just seems to me, I've noticed it in recent decades, like a lot of people now, they, they just, they want to climb that corporate ladder. They want to get higher and they, and they think, well, who am I to question? Who am I to, who am I to question? Uh, you know, these are the experts. So of course, they know what they're doing. Um, in Germany, there's this incredible man, um, Dr. Stefan Lanka, who was trained as a virologist. And this is going back decades. And he um, eventually started realizing, like, this, this doesn't make sense. This isn't it's just, this isn't adding up at all. And I've heard him say that, you know, he didn't speak out for a while because he kept thinking he must be missing something, you know, um, like how, how can this be? You know, he was realizing that the measles virus hadn't been shown to exist and HIV. And he thought, well, he just thought he, he you know, you, you doubt your sanity, you're doubt, you're, you, you think you must be missing something. 
And I know when I started looking at these virology papers, I mean, because your natural instinct is to try to make sense of what they're doing. And they'll, they'll do things that they'll, they'll refer to the, the viral RNA and they just refer to it. Like they already know that it's viral RNA and you're like, but nobody has shown that there's a virus yet. Why are they saying this? Like, right. it doesn't make any sense, but so you are almost, you like your mind is getting twisted inside out? Yes. Yes. Now I know because you're not a doctor, uh, that there, there might be things that, uh, like I have questions right now and maybe those questions mm -hmm. would be something you can't answer. So I just want you to feel free to say that or to point us in the right direction. But so we've had what they've called, um, a pandemic. Now, interestingly, I was asking uh, JT if he could find the clip we have of Bill Gates of all people saying, well, you know, um, we didn't realize in the beginning that it would have not, it wouldn't take that many people's lives. It would end up being like a regular flu. And we do have that video and he just doesn't have it on this computer right now. Um, it would end up being not a regular flu. So, um, people have died. People have been sick. Uh, we've, we've had and known friends that have had what they called COVID and said they could say it was nasty for us and my family. Mm -hmm. It was not. My dad was in the hospital with COVID pneumonia. Um, so would, what, what is, what is that? Is that just, are we saying that's a, just a regular flu? What, what, what are we to take from the fact that there was, uh, people that were sick, although the numbers do not show numbers for a pandemic. I mean, we've been completely the numbers of deaths, which is pretty much a, like a standard we can now live by. It's going to be extremely interesting to find out the excess mortality for 2022 and 2023, I believe mm. will be shocking but in 2021 or 2020 when it came out we didn't at the end of the year have this unusual amount of excess deaths so would then that be fair to say well we did we did have flus like normal and and maybe maybe even a bad one i don't know i don't know well for sure we had what people what people call flu um, because that happens every year and people get the symptoms and the symptoms of so-called COVID are basically the same as the symptoms of the flu, right? Um, so I just want to make clear when we say that the alleged virus has not been shown to exist and that every, everything about COVID-19 was um, a lie, whether it was intentional, I'm not saying every single person was intentionally lying, but that it was all a falsehood. Um, we're not denying at all that people have been sick or that people had died and um, people get sick and die every year. That's just part of life. And when you think about all the, um, unusual stressors that we had in the last few years, things that were, you know, on top of all the usual factors that affect our health, it would be really strange if some people didn't get really, really sick and sicker than normal because we were basically, we were being terrorized. We, we had the idea of a virus planted uh, in our minds, it, like nonstop. They were shoving it down our throats, talking about respiratory disease nonstop. Some people just, the, that psychological impact, the planting that idea in their mind can be enough to trigger symptoms. I mean, our minds are very powerful. 
But um, on top of that, we had people putting toxic hand sanitizer on themselves and sanitizing all their surfaces and um, wearing masks and getting those swabs shoved up their nose. You know, my son got extremely sick after he had a PCR test. Um, we had very unusual living conditions. We had people under a lot of stress because they were losing income because they had to close their business or they weren't going to work. We had people being isolated. We had people becoming suicidal. Like we had a lot of stress and stress and these physical changes as well impact our health. So of course we had all the usual reasons that people get sick in, you know, during flu season and all this other stuff on top of it. So um, and I guess what I want to get at here, so we're not denying that people got sick and that people died. It's the cause that we're disputing. We were told that a virus had been discovered and that they know how to test for this virus and that they've sequenced this virus and they had all these confirmed cases. And that is what we're saying is not true. Nobody ever demonstrated to this day that a virus exists. Um, and there are no tests. You can't even, you can't develop a test for something that you haven't shown exists. You can develop a test and tell people that it's for a virus, but you can't actually validate a test when nobody has a sample of the alleged virus. What's interesting um, too, is there is online, there's, um, several sites. Would you say several sites, JT, offering funds, offering like one German site is offering millions. How much? 1.2 million uh, for anyone to to offer proof of it, and I've heard of other places. Correct. Yeah, they're offering yeah. there. So, so with what you're saying, I could say, okay, well, you know, geez, I don't know. You know, I've I haven't done anything more than take apart a frog in school, and that was very, you know, uh, disturbing to me. But so I'm not a good lab person. I don't like blood. I don't like giving blood. I don't like looking at blood. I'm not. I don't like I, like needles just frighten me. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not trained in that. But if someone were, so these doctors that are saying, saying to me, um, of course it's been isolated. Well, then they could submit that. They could make a whole show. They could say, okay, we went to, to these German doctors and we have submitted, uh, this is the, the isolated virus and they could require and ask for their $1.2 million, right? Absolutely, they could. And the last I heard, I think it was actually up to 1.5 million and it's euros. So it's even more than, Ooh. it's well over a million dollars that they yes. would get. Um, so yeah, that's the, the Samuel Eckert, I think his name is. Um, Samuel, yeah, and yeah. I should explain too, because a lot of people might be saying, okay, you got one freedom of information response to Health Canada, so what, that doesn't prove anything. And that's what people, a lot of people were saying in the beginning. But I should just um, clarify that what we actually have now, because that first uh, request I sent out, that was, I believe, May 14th of 2020. So we now have responses, and these are all on my website. They're all available for anybody to look at and download. Um, we have responses from 52 different Canadian institutions, and this includes Health Canada, it includes all five of the Canadian institutions that were involved in claims of having isolated the virus. We have responses from universities, hospitals, local public health units, um, various provincial ministries of health, National Research Council of Canada, on and on and on. 
52 different institutions. Um, none of them were able to provide or cite any record of anyone on earth anywhere having found the alleged virus in any man or woman and purifying it, which again, it tells us if you didn't do that initial step, then you, you literally, you do not have an independent variable and science is all about controlled experiments. You have to have an independent variable. You want to see if it causes the outcome. You have to do a controlled experiment. If you don't have the independent variable, you can't even get started. You're, you're not doing science. And then on top of that, that's just Canada. We also have responses. Well, in total, we have 211 institutions from 40 different countries. So we have the CDC. We actually have eight different responses from the CDC. They've been asked many times. They, what do they say? What they do. The first time we asked, this was back in November, November or December of 2020. My colleague, uh, Michael in New Zealand, did the first one to the CDC. And they admitted flat out they didn't have any records. Well, I guess eventually they caught wind that, you know, we were making a fuss about this and telling people, you know, that virology is not scientific and that nobody has a sample of this alleged virus. Um, so now what they do is they have, they have certain paragraphs that they give, as far as I can tell, to anybody these days who asks this question or asks a question related to the touching on this topic. They have some paragraphs and they cite uh, various studies, including their their CDC study, their fraudulent study by Jennifer Harcourt and her colleagues, where they claim to have isolated the virus. Um, they cite studies like that. But the thing is, what people need to understand is you have to go to the methods section. There's no difficulty at all in finding studies where it says in the title or in the abstract that the researchers isolated the virus. You have to go to the methods section and say, okay, what did they actually do? And I'll, I'll explain to you for your viewers um, yeah. briefly what they actually do do. So in, in for in, because people see these titles and they say, oh, you're crazy. You know, here's all these studies, the CDC isolated it, uh, well, it was isolated in, in Korea and Australia and Canada and on and on and on. But what they actually do in virology, they take that clinical sample from a, a sick person. So it could be um, lung fluid or it could just be the snot from their, their swab. And um, sometimes they filter it somewhat, but typically what I've seen mostly of the time, they don't even bother doing that. They take that bodily fluid and they put it in a dish with some monkey kidney cells. These are called Vero cells. These are, uh, kidney epithelial cells from an African green monkey. And their rationale for doing this, they don't look in the patient sample and see if they can find the alleged virus there and try to purify it out and do science. Instead, they say, no, no, we wouldn't be able to find it. They actually say they would not be able to find it. There wouldn't be enough to find. Um, so we have to grow it. And so they say, well, they, what they typically use to grow it in, allegedly grow it in, is these monkey kidney cells, which makes no sense. So right there, any, any rational person should be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the whole world's been turned upside down for a virus that we're all potentially spewing to each other every time we talk, every time we stand too close to each other. It should be in the masks, it should be on surfaces, um, but you should definitely be able to find it in the bodily fluid of the people who are sick. 
Um, but no, they say that, no, they wouldn't be able to find it. There wouldn't be enough to find. Well, I'm sorry, if you can't find something, you don't have any basis for saying that it's there in the first place. Um, but also, and if there was such a tiny amount of something, how could it cause illness? How can it be causing so many problems in our body? If there's so little of it, you can't even find it. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And it also doesn't make any sense whatsoever to then say, we need to use monkey kidney cells to grow it. Monkey kidneys are not the alleged host, it's humans. So that doesn't make sense either. But this is what they do. They put it with monkey kidney cells. And then because the monkey kidney cells need um, food so that they, because they're gonna watch these cells for um, several days. So they add fetal bovine serum. So you've got the snot or the lung fluid now has been mixed with material from a cow and material from a monkey. And both of these substances from the cow and the monkey, they're going to be very complex themselves. They're going to have bacteria and fungi and right. There's going to be all kinds of stuff in there. So you're going from a complex mixture to a far more complex mixture with various species. And they add toxic drugs as well because they say, well, they don't want other bacteria or fungi to grow in this mixture. They only want the virus to grow. So they're going to add in a bunch of toxic drugs. So, and then what they do is um, the fetal bovine serum is the food for the monkey cells. But uh, at some point, they typically lower the amount of fetal bovine serum that they're giving to the monkey cells. So now they're, they've got these monkey cells in a malnourished state or starvation state down to a fraction of what they would normally get um, to be maintained in a healthy state. And they've added toxic drugs and they'll add drugs that are specifically toxic to kidneys. So they're starving and poisoning these monkey kidney cells and they watch this mixture for a few days. And then eventually the monkey cells, if the monkey cells start to break down, they call that a cytopathic effect and they attribute it to the virus. They haven't got a virus, they haven't got a particle, like I said, to use as an independent variable. They're not doing a controlled experiment with this particle where everything is the same in both groups, except one group gets the particle and we're gonna see you know, does that particle make a difference to the outcome? That's not what they're doing. Um, they watch the cells, they see the cells start to break down and they declare, which is completely irrational, they just declare that they have, this is what they call virus isolation. It's the fact that they now see these monkey cells breaking down. This is what they call virus isolation. They haven't isolated anything. They haven't purified anything. They haven't done any science whatsoever. Could They're I ask you another question? Making a wild, a wild conclusion. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so have we? Uh, could we say that we've isolated other viruses? To my knowledge, no. And um, that's based on any study. I used to be on Twitter and social media, especially for the first first year and a half of COVID, fake COVID. And I was, uh, so I spent a lot of time, um, people would give me studies and try to show that we're wrong, you know, studies on various alleged viruses. And none that I ever saw were scientific. None of them actually ended up um, purifying any particle. They don't sequence anything. So like I said, what, you don't. Would somebody say, um, well, maybe if you can't really isolate in the sense you're saying any virus, then maybe it's just. Um, in the way that you're talking, maybe it's just not possible, but clearly, um, 
but clearly s something has been unleashed and, and potentially not at all as bad as they had their modeling for. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, what's the answer to that? If we, so there's a lot of viruses or, or th you know, things that we deal with as human beings. It takes lives, it kills people, people have died. Um, what, what do you say to someone who says, well, you can't, you know, in the sense you're saying you can't isolate other things. So, so what is the real, you know, reason to worry about if we can't isolate COVID? Okay. So before I answer, I'll just going to back up a tiny bit. And I just yeah. want to mention that because you asked me about other alleged viruses. Yeah. I have done freedom of information requests to the CDC about many alleged viruses, most of the most famous ones that people have heard of. And they have not been able to produce any record of any of these alleged viruses having been purified from any, from anyone. Um, and they've actually stated in one of their um, responses, they said that what we're asking for is outside the scope of what is possible in, in, in virology. Um, and Mount Sinai Hospital in Toronto said that as well. They're telling me that what you're asking for is never done in virology. So I just wanted to make sure I got that, that out there that um, any all the studies that I've looked at, I have colleagues that have looked into this very carefully too. Nobody has any record of any alleged virus being purified, which means you cannot apply scientific method and I can't claim that there is any science for us to be following. Now, with what respect to what, um, you know, why people do get sick or, you know, this belief that something was unleashed. So a really important point to make here is we're, people get fixated, I think, because we've, we had this idea that there was one thing of virus, okay, and then it kept changing to different variants, but it was always the idea that there's a virus, a virus, a virus, one thing. And then when you tell people, no, that was all wrong, um, then they, they still are stuck on this idea that there's one thing. They want to know, okay, then what was the one thing? And what I desperately want people to, to think about is, and to realize is that there's, there's no, reason to think that there's one thing. There isn't one thing. There's many, many, many things that make us sick. Um, and that has always been that way. The things that influence our health are what our diet, how much sleep are you getting? How much stress do you have? How much sunlight are you getting? How much exercise are you getting? What electromagnetic influences are you under? On and on and on. What water are you drinking? Are you drinking the municipal fluoridated tap water? There's all kinds of things. And, you know, uh, some of my colleagues talk a lot about terrain theory. And the idea with terrain theory is that basically it's, if you want to be healthy, it's the things that you do day in, day out, you need to look after your body and maintain your body. Um, it's not about um, being exposed to some imaginary little particle that wrecks havoc on you, um, no matter what you've been doing. Um, it's about the, the many, many choices that we make. And, and then there's a lot of things that are outside our control too, because, or outside of our awareness, because people often don't stop and think about 
the products that they're putting on their bodies, you know, what shampoo are you using? What kind of body lotion are you using? What are you cleaning your home with? I mean, it goes on and on and on. And there's literally thousands of different chemicals in our environment. Um, so there's all kinds of factors that go into affecting our health. And when people get sick, the way, um, the way I understand it is eventually you get to a point where your body has had enough and it realize, you know, you've got too many toxins build up from perhaps from what you're eating. There's also a lot of toxic medications and then there's metabolic byproducts from processes going on your body. Your body needs to get that stuff out. And if it's got to a point where it's too overwhelmed and it's not being able to keep up with getting things out, um, that could through be the other problem. methods, you start getting symptoms and the symptoms are actually just your body trying to correct the situation. It's trying to eject things. And what we're told is your body's trying to get out the virus. Well, nobody's ever shown that there is a virus, but there are lots of other things that we know do exist. And the way I look at it and the way a lot of my colleagues look at it, your body's just trying to get out whatever it needs to get out. Right. And so, so to you, clarify, would you coughing, say you're sneezing? Are you saying that no virus to your knowledge has no virus ever has been purified or correct and to my knowledge no to my knowledge no virus has ever been shown to exist period and that virology is literally blatant pseudoscience when you look at what they actually are doing it's ridiculous it's just it's absolutely say many things make us sick so uh, many things many make things us sick, so sick. that would be um, that that like what we eat and and a cold, like a cold is is a cold, uh, whatever you want to call that. Uh, yeah, a cold. Yeah. I mean, you're getting those symptoms. Maybe you have the runny nose. Right. You're congested. Your body has got a buildup of stuff, and it's now taking measures to try to get that stuff back out. Right. I think it's I think it's um, all really fascinating, Christine, and I. I think it's interesting that there's no, you know, that there's no conclusive, like that there's, that there's not something that's helping minds like yours, especially yours. You're such a, you know, an intense, um, you know, you want to know the truth of things and you're prepared to do the research to get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, we like people like that because we don't all have the time or ability, you know, maybe to, to do all of that. But um, that would make doctors and people like Dr. Uh, Andrew Kaufman and, and such that do say that what you're saying is true and people offering, you know, offering a reward for this. Um, and then on the other side, I go, well, something has, you know, it doesn't necessarily discount that something, whether isolated or not, uh, what it doesn't necessarily say that it didn't happen that way you're just making a point that it really hasn't been isolated um and that maybe there's a whole other explanation is that fair yeah it's fair to say nobody has ever shown that it does exist nobody's ever shown any virus to exist period when you look at what they're doing it's ridiculous and the governments you know we're not asking for anything unusual in my freedom of information requests they say um any record of the alleged virus being purified using the standard purification methods for other very tiny particles because there are other things the same size as viruses or smaller 
that they do purify. So like we're not asking for anything unusual. And again, it comes down to scientific method. Now, you know, maybe a virus does exist, um, maybe something that meets the definition, but you know, it, it's, it's like maybe Santa Claus exists. That's how I look at it. Like it could be, but, but there hasn't been the proof there. There has never been the proof and the government's have, you know, told us this whole elaborate story. And um, I don't know why people don't want to um, make them put forward the proof. um, Yes. Accountability, uh, I think, in this day and age is is really important (laughs) because we we see that we can't believe them. Um, Christine, could I just give you the, the final word, too, before I let you go? Sure. Sorry, like you anything, to give me the final word? Yeah, yeah. Anything that well, we haven't covered I, or you think that we haven't uh, sure. put forward? Well, I guess um, one thing I wanted to mention as well is there are um, people in the freedom movement who have disputed what we're saying, like I mentioned before, and they're telling us that we're wrong. Um, and I have actually corresponded with a lot of those people and that can all be found on my website too. So, and I'm not saying this to bash anybody. I just want people to understand that basically my colleagues and I have really, we've left no stone unturned. I've corresponded with Steve Kirsch. I've corresponded with Peter McCullough. Um, I wrote an open letter to Dr. McCullough. I've corresponded with Dr. Mark Trozzi and Tess Laurie of the World Health Council. I recently had email exchange with Mary Holland, who is a lawyer with Children's Health Defense, and with Jay Cooey, who is someone who Children's Health Defense is uh, relying on as a consultant. I have asked so many people in the freedom movement who say that we're wrong, who insist that a virus does exist and it's just not that bad. I have asked them, I've written to them politely, and I said, okay, you're saying that a virus exists. Could you please share the scientific evidence that you're relying on? And not one of them has been able to bring forward any science. Mm-hmm. Um, so those emails are all on my website as well. Yeah. Okay. So I just want people to think for themselves and think critically. So important. And, you know, the whole basis of this, everything to do with COVID, it all began with the story of the virus. So the burden of proof is on the government or anybody who's claiming that there's a virus. The burden of proof is on them. Bring us the science. Show us the science. That's all we're asking for. And well, uh, I challenge and, and anybody I see what you're to saying, do that. Right. I see what you're saying. And, you know, people maybe that aren't, you know, medical experts or, or don't have any um, education in it, such as myself, uh, I've seen a lot of lies. Uh, but um, I, I may tend to still take the standard take the PCR and you, you know, you swab and yes, it's wrong. I mean, shows you have COVID and you have absolutely no symptoms. I don't know what that means, but for, for me, I would say, okay, well, they're finding something, but as you've explained, it can be tiny little bits of whatever, but it, that, that is not really the measure or the standard. But then, uh, you know, when they, when perhaps you're saying that they've never isolated any virus, then, uh, then I have questions too about, the possibility or, or that they, they just abs- they just um, quite simply don't have the ability to do that? It's not that they don't have the ability um, because they, like I said, they purify and do science with other tiny things. You, you think about it this way, the virus acts, and John Rappaport has talked about this a lot, the virus is a cover story. 
you know, we have things that really do cause disease like water fluoridation, like toxic injections, uh, toxic medications. There's all kinds of things. And a lot of it traces back to things that governments do or that they allow corporations to do. They let them run wild. We have all sorts of things. And then, but they don't want us to look at that. It's, oh no, it's a virus. It's a virus. It's a virus caused. The virus right. causes your... Well, after uh, the propaganda pox, we've seen... Your your skin yeah. rashes. Uh, after everything that we've seen, I'm more, much more on your side saying um, that, um, that th their narrative is always... You have to figure out what their narrative is leading you to. What is the agenda behind everything that they're saying? So I really yeah, appreciate you sharing this. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I'll just say too, the, the reason why we're so adamant about this and why you know we keep going on and on about this, this is not just about COVID-19 and it's not just about the tyranny and the forced um, measures, the forced jabs. This is about all the things that have been going on in the name of viruses for decades and decades. And we have people getting influenza injection, uh, flu shots every single year for alleged influenza viruses that have never been shown to exist. We have children, we have children getting how many, I don't even know how many injections these days, what they call vaccines to, in order to go to school, the parents are being coerced and it goes on and on and on. It's it's not just jabs, it's all the different measures, all the different ways that people harm themselves, not just because they're coerced, but people who truly believe and they want these things because they believe they need it. They need the toxic hand sanitizer every time they step into a shop, they, you know, on and on. They, they wanted to shut down their business for a while because they thought it would help flatten the curve. Um, it, there's so many things that our people have been doing for decades and decades. This has been a war on humanity for decades and decades. It's just that with COVID-19, it ramped up to a whole new level. We are hearing, um, now more and more information on whom we can't trust. And so it's rightful and wise to question everything. And there's a whole bunch of parents now that are absolutely not, um, they, they are not vaccinating kids anymore from from babyhood and one uh, person that i know um took their baby in uh so the the child is now over a year old and they have a two-year-old and they've done no vaccinations and the doctor's like oh, you've done no vaccinations and and you have a healthy baby oh imagine that you know so there's some some things going on where everyone's going I'm going to just take a step back. We have now Dr. Peter McCullough saying he'll never have another flu vaccination either, right? This is a guy who always had them. We have doctors that have already taken the COVID shots saying, big, big mistake. Uh, they're not doing it because of the harms that they're seeing. The documented harms that the COVID-19 and, and can't be denied even by the CDC or the WHO or anything like that. And the VAERS reports showing clearly, you know, if you're healthy, you get a vaccine, you die that day or the next day. I'm not certain what else you're gonna blame this on, but there's lots of evidence of, of things like this happening. And so I do think it's the great awakening. And I like that you're encouraging people to really think for themselves and just to, to stop being um, naive. To, to what has happened. For me personally, you know, I view that as uh, quite a spiritual attack as well that we've been lied to. 
So I thank you, Christine, Absolutely. very, very much. Thank you for sharing all of this. The, uh, the folks have really enjoyed it. We have a huge, uh, huge audience today because I think these are questions we've all asked. I've, I've gotten some clarity from what you've said um, about, you know, these things as well. Um, I wish I had more clarity, but all of us are just yeah. in this process of searching. Yeah, and there, you know what, there's on my website, if people, I, I apologize I, for the name of this webpage, but it's what the hell is going on. Yeah. And it's where I put um, all kinds of videos and articles that are written by other people. So is it what the hell is going on.com? No, it's just a page on my website. So if oh, someone goes to the search box and they type yeah. in what the hell is going on, they'll find a page where there's lots of presentations. I have colleagues like Tom Callan and Andy Kaufman. There's Sam and Mark Bailey in New Zealand. They do incredible videos every week and they'll, you know, pick a certain aspect of virology, whether it's um, the PCR tests or a certain virus, and they'll go back to the beginning to the very first papers and they'll just pull it all apart. And then there's Mike Stone has a, um, an incredible blog called Virology. It's spelled with L-I instead of L-O, virology. And he does the same thing. He'll pick a, a virus or some other aspect, whether it's the fake sequencing or the electron microscopy images, and he just shreds it um, very thoroughly. So there's incredible resources these days because of COVID. So many people have learned and people like myself who have come forward in different ways and they've got some incredible educational material out there, videos, articles by um, Dr. Mike Bailey, um, uh, a farewell to virology. And I'll mention one last thing, um, Steve Falconer, he has a platform called Space Busters. He did a, a very long documentary called The End of Germ Theory. And that's another one that I really recommend. The End of Germ Theory. Okay. The End of Germ Theory, the platform is Space Busters or Steve Falconer. Okay. And he just well, maybe we can have him on the show well. and and uh, hear what he has to say because I think we better figure this out before more crap yeah. comes down the. You, sorry for using that. You word, would love Steve, and he's no, I don't, I'm not at all. And you would love Steve. He's very um, entertaining and fun and humorous guy. So he would be an excellent guest for you. Well, you're a, a wonderful person. Thank you for your search and for the price you've probably paid to do. Uh, to do all of this. Thank you for letting mm -hmm. us all know and letting us pick your brain a little bit as to what you found out. Uh, take care, Christine. Thank you. And God. we'll see you again. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. God bless. God bless. Very, very fascinating. Um, as I say, I like to ask questions. Um, a fellow recently passed away, JT member, we were saying uh, he, he was uh, a guy, he came on, he was a Christian man, he was from Ontario, I think. And we started talking about, uh, we, he was there to talk about, I think, his latest book or something. Remember, we got in a big argument on the show. It was so much fun. Former Liberal MP or something. Yeah, David Kilgore. Former David Kilgore. David Kilgore. Right. And he came on the show, I think, to talk about a book or something else. And then we got, you know, I sort of said something in passing about the vaccine. And then we ended up having this huge argument. I have it, a 27 clip here if you want to show it. Uh, you have a 27 clip? 20 oh, okay. 20 yeah, okay. Run it. Sure. We have to respect each other's positions, but I have looked at the data. I have looked at thousands and thousands of hours of uh, what understanding have, what Lawrence? that. What education do you have? 
that's not that's not what this is about sir there's very very educated people uh, that's something people like to say when you want to shut me down <laughs> oh i remember see that was the background that was the place that we moved from um when god told us to move but you see we had had a bit of an argument and then he wants to say what's your education but but i always say i'm only repeating things very educated doctors have said right i'm only repeating the information that you can look up and and that data and i i kind of liked the way christine set it up today saying hey I, i'm not this is not like um she's she's not like a lab technician or something like that but she's looking into and has researched more than any of us probably want to do that kind of research you know where you look into it um and you find out that their methodology or whatever is really not standard and it's not really showing what what the question needs to be shown how do we isolate this and so you know i have had people that say well that's just a you know it has been or whatever i i I even know I'm thinking of someone in my mind right now that I'm going to maybe place a call to and say, well, why do you feel it has? And can you, can, can you just show me that evidence then? You know, I hope I don't get yelled at, but, um, we'll see what happens. Um, I like to, and I'm not worried about being yelled at by the way, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this, uh, at all. <laughs> when I have Antifa showing up at my rallies, I'm not really worried about what other people think. It's just that, um, you like to be on the same page as what is correct and good and pure whatsoever things are pure, holy, lovely of good report. Think on these things. That's what first Corinthians says. Um, so my name is, uh, Laura Lynn. A lot of people don't know my name. I don't say it that often. Uh, and they call me Linda Lou or Laura Lee, or there's all kinds of things I answer to. And I don't really care. Just get the, get the correct website. Whoever writes about me, lauralynn.tv so that you can go and you can see all the stuff that we put out there so that you can have, uh, you'll be able to have a really, really good, um, understanding of what we present thank you very much to everyone we begin a new year thank you for all of those who donated to us in this past month for some of you um you you realize that you value this kind of thing understand that the price in order for myself and my husband to do this every day is we are all in so we don't get any government support obviously trudeau is not thinking that we are high on his list of people to help as Canadians. Uh, he may in fact be thinking of ways to harm us. And we are seeing a lot of bills and a lot of things that the government is doing to try to stop people like myself from putting good information out there. Um, you know, when we talk about things like this, we face possibly, you know, having a platform. Um, but I, I try to do it in the best uh, way that I can in saying, can, are we not allowed to speak? What, what are we in Iraq? You know, like, or is this Syria? I, I'm a woman. Am I not allowed to speak? Um, and it's not really about being a woman. There's men who are being shut down as well. And so I don't like any of it. Um, we encourage you to go to our website. If you like this, if you would become a monthly sponsor and become part of our Laurelin live family, that would mean a lot. If you could just make a one-time donation, uh, large or small, every little bit counts and it means a lot to us it means we can do this 
and we don't have to be so worried, you know, and stressed out, like how, how do we eat and sleep and pay the rent? How do we keep the lights on? We don't have to worry when people are saying, we value what you do, it's important, and we're gonna support it. Also for your money, we um, talk about buying uh, silver and gold as a good investment. It's a safe investment because it is in your hands. And we trust Steve Merrill, and the um, email is sovereignize at protonmail.com, and you can get a hold of him, he'll get right back to you. And we've had him on the show. We trust him. He's been in the business for a couple of decades. He knows the rise and fall. He knows what's coming. He sure understands our money right now. And so we trust him. I want to leave you with a closing scripture so that you will have peace in your heart, knowing that um, we serve a powerful God who hears us. He hears us. And he sees us. I'm not as interested in everything getting back to normal or perfect We'll never have normal again. I really believe after, you know, COVID, um, the COVID narrative has hit um, since 2020 that we'll never go back to what we had. Certainly not to that place of innocence, um, not to that place of just thinking there's nothing wrong on the planet. <laughs> I know there was some things I was fighting. I was fighting Soji and things like that, but. I didn't know it was worse. I didn't know that people are openly talking about depopulation. There's too many people on the planet, and I'm sure they do consider me one of those people that there's just too many. <laughs> so I turned to Psalm 63, no, Psalm 64 this morning, um, and uh, it's a beautiful chapter. Hear me, O God, as I voice my complaint, protect my life from the threat of the enemy. I've been praying that over not only myself and my husband, that we would be protected from the threat of the enemy, that our lives would be protected as we speak the truth. Uh, we are not suicidal. We love being alive and we love bringing the truth. And sometimes that involves threats. Threats from the enemy um, telling us to shut up and to hype up pipe down um, and be quiet and we're not going to do it. Hide me from the conspiracy of the wicked. Conspiracy theories. Hmm. When did they start? Well, David lived about, I think he lived about 4,000 years ago, historically. Jesus was 2,000 years ago. And I think 2,000 years before that was approximately the life of David. Certainly, I would probably need to speak to an expert on that. Um, but conspiracy, hide me from the conspiracy of the wicked, David. They're really the ones with the conspiracies, but isn't it funny how they want to blame us that we're, you know, we're we're the conspiracy tellers when in actual fact they are conspiring against us and from the plots of evildoers. There are seriously evildoers, and you know what? They will not see heaven. Um, there was a pastor who used to come to our church and he'd say, um, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And all of us kids would go, oh, he said hell. I don't know how the word hell got to be bad. I like using it a lot now. You know, 
the, the lady said one of her things is, what the hell is going on? Well, hell is coming to earth real fast because the, the demons have been given a lot of license. And I think the enemy knows that his time is short, so he's beginning to ramp it all up. Well, who does he use? He uses people, right? Not many of us actually see demons, you know, in sight, and I certainly hope that you don't. Um, some people have claimed to, and, you know, may you be covered and protected because that's pretty frightening. But when we look at David praying, hide me from the conspiracy of the wicked and from the plots of evildoers. Oh, has there ever been a generation where we've had so many evildoers on this planet? Openly speaking about our demise, openly. It says they sharpen their tongues like swords and aim cruel words like deadly arrows. They shoot and they ambush, ambush the innocent. They shoot suddenly without fear. That's what's happening. Well, we'll be here to go through it together. God bless. I've loved being here with you. Thank you for being here with me. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing. Okay. But for some of us, we feel that we have a choice. No. Because if we are silent about these okay, abominable babe? things, yep. then we are letting evil go unchecked. And well, we so cannot do that. For those of you wonderful oh, yeah. people who people are writing me actually. and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.